Sheriff, you can't go now. We need you. The work here is done. I'm needed elsewhere now. I'm needed wherever outlaws rule the West, wherever innocent women and children are afraid to walk the streets, wherever a man cannot live in simple dignity, and wherever a people cry out for justice. Oh, shit. All right, you caught me. Speak the plain truth. It's getting pretty goddamn dull around here. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ. This is uh, one of your hosts, Neil, and joining me always is Kristen Solbro. Guys, say hello. Good evening. Universe! <laughs> yes, good evening, universe, is what we like to hear. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, episode 163 of Gundam at MHQ. And this, in this episode, we'll be returning to two segments. Uh, but the first one's going to be our continuing reviews of... The ongoing manga of Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, and we'll be going to be looking at Volume 9, which is entitled Lala. But, uh. (laughs) I don't see the part on the spine here or on the cover. I I, I kind of penciled that in on mine. (laughs) Come on, Neil, that's your favorite character, right? That's why I went. That extra enthusiasm. That's not exactly a good sound. And our second segment will be um, wow, something we—it's kind of a catch-up, uh, catch-up segment, and it's—we're uh, going to be going doing an extended mailbag to kind of catch up because the last few episodes we haven't uh, really, because uh, the time commitments and stuff haven't really uh, taken some of these questions. So, um, guys, anything before um, the news? As I'm walking over to the Larry King, you are the king. You are the king. Memorial News Studio to do some news. Listener submitted news. Ah, right, let's get it on. And we will. Wow. You, you need to market, man. You need to market because always, as we do some news, listeners, some news articles, it always seems that we're starting off with an evil Australian. <laughs> Normally, Vent Noir, the most evil of all the Australians. Indeed. Uh, yes. But we are. he actually got one-upped on this one. Ooh. The first poster for just some regular news is Silver August. Whoa. And he and he gives us some dead guy news. So not only does he upstage Vent Noir, he gives us some depressing dead guy news. Damn. And uh, this is coming from Sabertron.com. And uh, John Stevenson, who is the voice of Thundercracker and Cup, has passed away. And, uh, well, he's 91. Hey, man. So he, I think he, I think he won in the end. <laughs> Big average the win, life, I think I think average life expectancy of a man is like eighty-one or something like that. Mm-hmm. This guy had, he hit plus ten. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> Jesus. 
And he, it says here he's been suffering from some Alzheimer's and stuff. So um, he was also, wow, he was Mr. Slate on the Flintstones. Oh, yeah. And he was uh, Alpha Trion, Thundercracker, Windcharger, Huffer, and Cup, Devcom. And he had some other smaller roles in the G1 cartoon. He actually says the I, IMDB, uh, he's got 232 credits for on-camera and voice actor work. Jeez, this guy was work. prolific. Just as, cl- as a certain filmmaker would say, big bucket of win. Yeah, yeah there just, you go. Just a bit, just to clarify, uh, when you say he played Cup, he played Cup in the uh, in the continuation of the animated series after the movie. The uh, Cup in the movie was a different actor, but uh, yeah, uh, he definitely was a, a prolific voice actor. Man, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I heard it earlier earlier um, when it happened, man, and that sucks when you lose a great one, man. Uh, shout out to John. Did Stevenson. you did you did you half transform an Optimus in in his uh, in his honor? I'm only going to half transform Optimus. <laughs> we all we all transform into Gurwalk mode for his uh, <laughs> for his sake. <laughs> Thundercra- Thundercracker was one of the Jets, right? Yes, he was. So yeah, you had to put him in Gurwalk mode. <laughs> <laughs> this is for John Stevenson. Jesus. <laughs> so thank you, Mister Silver August, for your submission. Oh, the next one that comes in and Vent Noir, he must have heard this because he's the next poster and he's got a link here and uh, there's some. Um, Actually, some cool uh, toys for some kaiju toys from Pacific Rim. Oh, uh, he's got a link there, so definitely check that out. Uh, definitely some cool stuff there. So, thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, next one here comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and oh, well, it is a um, it is a year that starts in a number. Mm-hmm. So there is a new Super Robot Wars coming out. Hell yeah! And, yeah, so there's the Super Robot Wars BX mm-hmm. for the 3DS was announced, and uh, here's a list of some of the um, some of the new suits we're going to see: Panzer World Giant, awesome SD Gundam Gaiden, mm-hmm. Mobile Suit Gundam Age. Oh boy! Yay! Oh boy! <laughs> Chris, I, I I could hear that click that one click pre order right now. On <laughs> Giant Only war. if I can if I can somehow ensure Keo's death. Hey man, you know what? They might be able to actually turn shit into Shinola when they uh, like they did with Destiny with this uh, for this game series. They might actually be able to to to, to rectify that terrible or, or, terrible outcome. Who knows? Or like what we like to call polishing the turd. Dude, give them the Pulitzer if they do. <laughs> uh, and rounding out the new suits uh, that will be coming in from. Will be Mad Cross Thirty Voices Across the Galaxy mm-hmm. and Giant Gorg. Some, Giant Gorg, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I had said that, oh, but I'm so, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a polished newscaster. I know what I'm doing here. Hey. And uh, returning suits, of course, Aura Battler Dunbine. What that? Hell yeah, <laughs> we, we'd always need that story of Aura Battler Dunbine. Mm-hmm. Matchless Rigeno. Oh hell, King of Braves Gal Gygar. Mm-hmm. Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. Mobile Suit. Gundam Double O the movie Awakening of the Trailblazer. Hopefully, we'll know what the Trailblazer is once we play this game. <laughs> uh, Macross Frontier the movie, yay! Shin Mazinger, uh, Mazin Kaiser SKL, and Martin Su- Martian successor Nadesco. Fantastic man! So uh, wow, that's pretty exhausting there. Yeah. So I, I, the Macross Thirty one has me uh, curious because I, I I'm wondering if it's just the original characters from Macross Thirty or if that involves like more characters from the franchise as well. Since uh, Thirty has like psh, all the all the Macross series in it, 
I would presume it's the original characters. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I would, I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb, but I'm going to think it's the people that are the most popular, yeah. <laughs> which would probably be the original ones. Yeah, especially since they put Macross Frontier, the movie, uh, as an actual returning series, I guess. Uh, it's probably just the original characters. But uh, that's pretty cool that they would put characters from a game uh, into this. It's not the first time they've done that for Super Robot Wars, but it's always neat when that happens. Mossen Kaiser Skull, though. That's the shit. <laughs> I was shocked to hear that, and uh, and of course Nadesco is back. So if we get that guy Daigoji, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, there you go. So um, definitely check that out. Um, thank you, Mister Yokozuna Bulldozer, for your submission. Uh, the next one here comes from the Shade, and uh, he's got a link to Entertainment.com. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting. I'm not going to go too much into this. Uh, it's uh, nine little tidbits about industrial light and magic. You know, the people that pretty much do all the special effects. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got the link there. I would definitely check that out. But let, let me let me see here because he said there is a survey reference in here, and I'm I'm going to see if they're he's talking about blah 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 oh yeah michael bay is utterly michael bay there's actually there's an entire chapter devoted to the oral history to michael bay what i guess this is dealing with oh it's some article that the wired published about the essential oral history of ilm and i guess there's a chapter that's strictly about michael bay and transformers so or survey uh defender of all that explodes so miss Transformers. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, guys, Transformers, guys. I'm a Transformer. Are you a Transformer? We're all Transformers. So, uh, I thought we were just finding them. <laughs> no, no, we already found them. I think I found I'll trans- one. I'll transform your face with my fist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, are, are, you wouldn't by, by chance be Vietnamese, would you? Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. Um, and people, check that out if you uh, like ILM and interested about going through some of the stuff. It did seem like it was some pretty interesting things, talking about some of the things that they had to do back in the day. So thank you for that. Oh, Soul Bro, it's mm-hmm. that time. Oh, already? Man, man, man the foxholes. Oh. Get out the MP pulse generators. It's time for some Robo Apocalypse news. Oh, yes. hell. Oh, yeah. Why is Neo so robophobic? And I saw over Memorial Day weekend, I, I, I was flipping through the channels one morning, and I saw BBC America was, was showing the Admiral. So they, they, were, they, were, they were doing this for, uh, for America and for Britain. Mm-hmm. But um, we only got one Robo Apocalypse story today, and it's coming from the shade. And this is actually uh, one of our science advisors for the Human Resistance League, Stephen Hawking. You probably mm-hmm. know him; pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fast too. Goes around in his little chair and stuff. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he says he has a prediction that the robot apocalypse is coming within the next hundred years. Oh. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Yes. He, he. He. I think he. He made this prediction after watching Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. and uh, he was at a, a Zitgeist uh, conference in London, and he talked about um, the Robo Apocalypse, and he was he was using the he was using the uh, robot in the Metropolis movie, not the anime, but the actual old 1927 movie. Right. <laughs> and he said, "This is his quote: Humans will o- computers will overtake humans with AI at some point within the next hundred years when this." happens we need to make sure the computers have goals aligned with ours uh i I would say we don't need to have them 
have any goals aligned with us. They're just uh, machines. So, um, yes, yeah, so he's, that's what he's predicting. So I have actually started the clock. I have the countdown to Robot Apocalypse <laughs> clock. Jesus. In the Human Resistance League headquarters, somewhere in an undisclosed region in, on Earth. So, so I'm not going to tell the robots where we're at. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. The Shade, for bringing that up. And thank you, Mr. Stephen Hawking, Professor Hawking, for you know, supporting us like you do. I guess so. we're on borrowed time. We are. <laughs> the clock is ticking. Jesus. Well, if you ever seen those old things where that was that they had the the doomsday clock oh, for yeah. uh, for the Cold War, mm-hmm. and this is this is this is the same thing. It's a doomsday clock. Hold you years till DefCon Five, guys. But it's mechanical. It's not. It's not digital. So <laughs> build those bunkers now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about Obama and him taking over stuff. It's really the robots you got to worry about. <laughs> Obama's on our side. Get ready so. for Roombomba. No, he's <laughs> no Obama is a lizard. Oh, oh, that's damn. right. I forgot. He's oh. a lizard. Oh, he's 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 uh he's actually that uh that lizard guy from Star Trek, right? The one oh. that Kirk fought on the planet. Yeah, he's a Gorn. Gorn, yeah. He's a Gorn. There you so. go. <laughs> yep. We solve the mysteries like Robert Stack. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so so Neil, a question for you. Yes. If you had to choose between um two invaders taking over the world okay and one of them is robot rebellion and the other is uh lizard infiltrators and both these things are happening simultaneously who do you ally yourself with uh, easy lizards because if, what if the if, lizards want to exterminate all warm bloods well we could uh you know i i think you might be able to show them that humans are good, especially if you make the case of, hey, look, if the robots exterminate us and you exterminate us along with the robots, the robots are going to turn on you because you're not a robot. Even though we're warm bloods and you're cold bloods, they're no bloods. So they're going to sit there and they're going to think that you're a and and you're and you're a lizard too so they're going to think you maybe you're an invasive species to stuff just like we are so you know as humans so i would if i have to choose and it sounds like i had to choose unless suicide is an option i will uh, choose uh, lizards uh space lizard people look man if v has taught us anything it's taught us that we can get along with the lizard the cold-blooded <laughs> <laughs> and i think there i think there are some warm-blooded reptiles aren't there i, I don't know of them honestly <laughs> i don't know I'm not a I'm not a biologist, so there you go. I would I would know. I just play one on TV. So <laughs> does it, does that satisfy your um, your question, uh, Chris, or do I need to go into any more things? I I think I'm good. Okay, because <laughs> oh, I I know you're a Robo collaborator, so I know there's times that you, uh, <laughs> you 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 have these hidden questions. You have these loaded questions that oh. you like to have uh, ask me, so I can give away some of our plans to the uh, uh, to the robots. So what if the lizards want to lick you? Does that change your answer? Well, they're kind of—I I mean, they're not as cute. Like as in I a creepy thought. way. Well, ugh. like in a really creepy, creepy way. Well, you know what? Uh, the Human Resistance League has—we welcome all types of humans in there, and some people are into that. So, um, you know, I, we're I, talking I, about I, some people. We're talking about you. The lizards want to lick you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I may have to rethink. Okay. We'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it, huh? Yes. <laughs> I will. Because <laughs> they're not exactly like puppies or kittens, you know? Not exactly. Oh, it's, it's like slimy, fork-ton lizard. One oh, problem yeah. at a time. <laughs> this isn't a pressing issue. 
lizards that lick us is not a pressing issue. It's robots that want to rip our faces off. So the, so the lizards will have nothing to lick. <laughs> I don't know. So thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have any Human Resistance League news, which oh, I'm a Jesus. little, I'm a little uh, sorry about. I'm, hurt. I'm actually thinking... You know, as I am part of the Human Resistance League, all those people, you know, those corporations that um, that uh, that build like uh, bunkers and stuff, I, I think I'd be an ideal sponsor for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could sell fear. I could sell fear just like Glenn Beck and those guys. <laughs> we just need to call Doomsday Preppers and have them come to your house. Exactly. <laughs> You'll see me on there one day. What, what are you doing? No, they're going to be. They're going to be like, I'm preparing for the robot apocalypse. Oh, they're going to say you're just too crazy. What? You just interviewed a guy that thinks all the power grid is going to go down, and uh, you know they're training a secret army to take over Texas because Obama's a communist. But you know, communist lizard. Communist lizard. <laughs> there you go. Hey, speaking of lizards, um, as an interesting aside, there's a uh, new Chrome extension out there. Oh. That if you install it, any page that you read that has any instance of millennials, it gets replaced with snake people. Oh, okay. Oh, geez. if you're tired of reading about millennials, you can read about snake people. Wow! And I, wow. if I go to if I go to Bloomberg or Forbes or something like that, I'm just going to see the, snake all people. the trend pieces. Yes, all the <laughs> trend pieces article. about millennials will now be trend pieces about <laughs> snake people. Oh, that's pretty pretty ingenious. Wow! Thank you. <laughs> So are you saying the snake, these snake people that are coming from outer space are actually millennials? Is this what you're saying, Chris? Yes. Wow. You've heard her here first, people. Oof. But yes, no, uh, no Human Resistance League news, but we're going to end with some of the best news that there is. Oh, boy. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- Dude, can we uh, bring the brewskis? Oh, yes. Survey news. Yes. Oh, and the first one here comes from uh, EA Net, dude. And for the, I guess there was four writers that were hired for the, the to, to help write something in the Transformers cinematic universe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Art Metchum and Matt Holloway from Iron Man. I guess that would be the first Iron Man, not the subsequent sequels. Yeah, the first one. The first one okay. you got. Zach Penn from Pacific Rim 2. Didn't know that was a movie yet. The Incredible Hulk and X-Men The Last Stand. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Pinkner from Lost. Ooh. Oh, your favorite show. <laughs> favorite show yeah, my, my problem begins and ends with the, va- the name at the top of that list, Akiva Goldsman. Yeah, Akiva Goldsman. Batman, he's, Batman and Robin. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be the showrunner for this entire extended universe or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, they're and, saying they're saying here because I, I don't I feel that you're about to spoil what I'm about to say. All right. Yeah, they're gonna they're, they've it looks like too. Uh, EA Netdude had a second article. It looks like they've added some writers from Ant Man uh, from the Ant Man rewrite, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's gonna be a Cybertron origin film. Is being brainstormed. So yeah. um, it looks like Andrew Barr and Gabrielle Ferrari, who worked on the Ant Man film after Edgar Wright left, have been hired on as development teams. So, uh, well, if there's a Cybertron origin movie, you know for sure Michael Bay won't direct that because it won't have the U.S. military in it. Yep. <laughs> no, and there's and there's no way to show hot checks. Yeah, I mean, it might actually be an animated feature for all we know. Because I mean, if it's going to be all on Cybertron, they might go a different route with it. But um, can I go to Cybertron, oh. guys? <laughs> there's no, no, I'm, I'm I'm there's no room for you, Marky Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tr- 
Oh my god, I transformed into a cartoon. Oh my god. I'm a cartoon. But but look the fact, at me. I'm like Woody from Toy Story. But what gives me I don't hope, think it'll I don't think it'll be animated like you think it will. It'll be all that CG animation. Possibly. I, I what what gives me hope about I know this you movie. want like old you want some old you want uh the old style where some Japanese guys been up for 36 hours doing <laughs> one and then and part of the discoloration is the sweat and tears as he's trying to hit his deadline. You damn right. <laughs> Ain't no shame That's in that. Real man's animation. That's right, bro. <laughs> but you uh, don't know animation. The way we had to, the way we used to animate, we animated uh, uphill both times. That's right. All the shading that all '80s animation would uh, would entail, baby. Is, is, is that why? Uh, is that why that one uh, bad episode of freaking with the uh, the arcade fight or the fight in uh, Macross at the arcade? The knife fight. Oh the yeah. The knife fight. It's it's just it's bleached out because of the tears. Yo, anime anime <laughs> friend, sweat baby. Bleached out. <laughs> They so were trying to hit the fever of three, trying to hit his deadline. Guys are drawing and thinking anime is no friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. What, what makes me happy about these these revelations is that Aaron Kruger is not involved in these movies at all. He's written the last couple and he has done a terrible job. Um, even even though Akiva Goldsman wrote uh, Batman and Robin. You know the studio f with that movie, and then um he's he's done he's done good movies in the past. I don't I don't find him as a good writer for Transformers, but um he's done good work as well as bad. Uh, Robert Kirkman, I guess uh that that that's a name that might might turn off some people because uh, uh I know because a good of the Walking Dead Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it. Be a triple threat, guys. But I I think it's a promising list, and I'm looking forward to see what they turn out, man. I just want to see a different director step in let michael bay make some original stuff let him let him go and make bad boys three why are we still waiting for that why are we still waiting <laughs> I, I i well part of it is because mm-hmm. we were kind of afraid of what it's going to be we're going to have 400 pound martin lawrence oh. and a desperate a desperate fading star will smith yeah, will so. smith yeah yeah, it's uh, with Jaden Smith shoved in because oh, reasons. Oh God, they Jesus already they've Christ. already corrupted the DC universe in all ways. The wife, yeah. Jaden, now becoming uh, Static Shock, and of course Will Smith getting uh, getting top billing in Suicide Squad. Good stuff, guys. Hey, people, there was a point with Will Smith was good. Start with Bad Boys Two yeah. and some other movies. He's but... still a fine actor. It's just his ego has gotten the best of him, and he. He can corrupt a set that he's on, man, and I certainly hope that Suicide Squad does not suffer for that, but we'll see. I was dropping rhymes before Will was, guys. <laughs> I was in Transformers. I transformed. Transform you. I transform everything. I'll transform into some underwear. Yo, fellas, I'll, tra- I'm getting- I'll transform Will Smith back to where he was. Yo, fellas, I'm getting oh. good, good vibrations from this. Bad jokes. You don't know how to transform anything, so. Oh boy, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a go-bot. <laughs> you are. <laughs> that that's the best. <laughs> Terrible. Well, thank thank you, Mister Ianetu, for those submissions. And actually, I'm gonna have to put these in survey news because I saw when I was reading through my my news copy here, I saw Transformers, so immediately I thought it was something with survey. But mm-hmm. uh, there was actually some there's actually some regular Transformers news. Oh. Um. And oh, this is okay. Oh, this is what we were talking about earlier. Move Flaga was talking about the tentative title, Transformers One or something. Who cares? Hey. Um, that's a working title, so it doesn't mean anything. First but we got spe- Rogue One. Now we got Transformers One. I but guess. speaking of transformation, <laughs> wow, this is easy. This is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a art exhibit in the Os- 
Samatesica Manga Museum beginning in July of 2015 that's going to feature the designs of Shoji Kalamori entitled, and the exhibit's going to be entitled The Transformation. <laughs> yes. No, uh, no shit on this one. It's actually going to be called the, t- <laughs> the Transformation. Yes. Oh, wow. So if you're fortunate enough to be in Japan during July of this year, check out the Manga Museum. They're going to have, um, he does have good hair. They're talking this article. He's got fabulous hair. It's like, oh, yeah, he does. He does have very good hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's going to be dealing with some of his um, mechanical designs from Super Dimensional Fortress Macross to Armor Core, Vision of Escaflone, Aquarian. Arjuna and Spring in Chaos. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be running from July 3rd to October 26th of 2015. And wow, the price, oh my gosh, it's 700 yen for adults, which is about almost a little under six bucks US. So, okay. why you wouldn't go to that? that that'd be kind of dumb. So, probably the cheapest thing you do visiting Japan at that time. That's very affordable. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. So, uh, thank you. And that was Burtman for who gave us that article. So, uh, I know this news sounds like it was all over the place, but I found it entertaining. And so did everyone else. So, um, <laughs> if you ever have any news, you can always put it, go to the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And, oh, what is that? I, I hear. I hear a rumbling of a Model T. I hear a, a radio phone in the background. Oh, I'm smelling the stench of some smoke, and I just heard some misogynistic comments to a woman. I guess it's time for the old timey with Chris. <laughs> choo choo, guys. Choo choo. <laughs> choo choo. Yeah. Why, 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 is his, why is his exhibit called the Transformation when I was the one that found Transformers? <laughs> All right, so you all know the deal with the old-timey. You can put submissions in the old-timey Mecha talk. Please don't. There's a lot of catching up to do, so just let me get through this stuff. <laughs> you, you know you just sealed your fate on that one. <laughs> I, 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 thought you, I thought you were going to seal the thread. <laughs> maybe maybe I, I will after this recording. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Mulaflaga, who says, this one's a special entry just for Sobor to enjoy oh. or not. Well, I, know this, I know where this is going. You, you want you want to take a bet, Solbro, on on whether it falls on the former or the latter? Oh, it's gonna fall. It's gonna fall under garbage. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's see. In the near future, Doc Terra and his cyborg companion hacker unleash their forces to conquer Earth. Only one force can stop this evil. A handful of brave men in specially created exo-frames that can be transported anywhere to fuse with incredible assault weapon systems beamed down from the space station's sky vault. (laughs) Becoming man and machine. Power Extreme. Max Ray. Brilliant Sea Operations Commander, Jake Rockwell, Rugged Land Operations Specialist, Ace McLeod, Daring Air Operations Expert. Whatever the challenge, they are ready. The Centurions! (laughs) Boo. (laughs) I have no love for that show. None. And that's why Moo put it on here. (laughs) All right. Next up is one from Yokozuna Bulldozer. Oh, cool. You there! When is your birthday? Hmm. An Aquarius. You and I are the worst combination ever. Also, not only does your answer lack e-spirit, 
Your fashion sense does not have a speck of elegance. Non, non, non. You are unfit to work here. And that short-minded thinking of yours already shows your lack of sensibility. <laughs> Mustering masterpieces throughout all aspects, be it ingredients or personnel, that is the shop's policy. <laughs> if you really want to know the real deal, come back after you have honed yourself as a man. Adieu. <laughs> Pierre Alfonso Uren, patissiere and manager of Charmant. Man. <laughs> well then, hey, nice pull, Yokozuna. I'm not sure where that's from. <laughs> but, I have no idea. That, that old-timey pronunciation, though, is right on point. It was great. It's so it's accurate. Like <clears throat> and uh, he comes back, Moo, with one that he says that you will love and that Neo and I may not. Oh, shit. All right. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltran, defender of the universe. A mighty robot loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltran's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good, the planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy, Voltran was needed once more. <laughs> this is the story of the super force of space explorers, entrusted by the alliance with the ancient secret of how to assemble. Voltran, defender of the universe. Now we're talking. Yo, move. All right. Everything I took, I, I take back everything I said. There you go. Thank you. What sir. was what was the ancient secret? Just have a key. <laughs> I mean, that was it, right? Just it, take the key and match it to the color lion that showed up, right? That's basically. All right, this is black. I guess it's a black lion hidden yeah. by the Mises, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it, that's Voltran. That was the original English. Uh, <laughs> yes, the English dub of that. <laughs> That's how like it's done. That. So next we have one from Kosh, who I don't think has submitted to so uh, the old-timey thread mm -hmm. before. And uh, no, I'm not going to attempt a Glasgow accent. That would be too hard and too confusing for... <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, for the record, yes, I am going to use, for comedic effect, uh, the Mechatalk... Um, Sensor word. Oh, awesome. You know Jackie Zoinks chan about me. You know <laughs> Zoinks all about me. I am totally beyond the realms of your Zoinks tassel head, Zoinks dim-witted Zoinks. I don't just take this Zoinks job home, you know. I take this job home, it Zoinks ties me to the bed, and it Zoinks Zoinks me from arsehole to breakfast. <laughs> then it wakes me up in the morning with a cup full of piss slung in my face, slaps me about the chops to make sure I'm awake enough so it can kick me in the Zoinks bollocks. This job has taken me in every hole in my Zoinks body. Malcolm is gone. You can't know Malcolm because Malcolm is not here. Malcolm Zoinks left the building Zoinks years ago. This is a Zoinks husk. I am a Zoinks host for this Zoinks job. Do you want this job? Yes, you do, Zoinks, want this job. Then you're going to have to Zoinks swallow this whole Zoinks life and let it grow inside you like a parasite, getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it Zoinks eats your insides alive and it stares out of your eyes and tells you what to do. 
That, by the way, was Peter Capaldi from In the Thick of It. Oh, what a great show. Yo, Malcolm Tucker is a legend. Man. How's he doing on uh, on the on Doctor Who, man, by the way? I, I haven't watched so- the show. Soing City Bye. Yo, man. <laughs> He's That's- doing great, but obviously uh, he can't he can't drop them like this. Oh, he can't he can't drop those mother zoinks, man? Damn. No. <laughs> Although uh, he does come as close as he can when uh, he tells someone to shut it up up. <laughs> Actually, he tells pretty much everybody to shut up, but that one in particular. It's good to see a little bit, little bit of Malcolm Tucker in the Doctor, man. That's that's awesome. Oh, uh, Neo, you got to watch out for this next one because this one comes from Robo Lizard two two two. His oh, boy, man. Geez. His big Neo's biggest fan. Let's go, Russell. And, and this one, uh, given the context, could be pro apocalypse. I'm sure it is. I've got no strings to hold me down, to make me fret or make me frown. I had strings, but now I'm free. There are no strings on me. I've got no strings, so I have fun, and I'm not tied to anyone. How I love my liberty. There are no strings on me. Hi-ho, the Mario. I'm as happy as can be, and I want the world to know nothing ever worries me. I've got no strings to hold me down, to make me fret or make me frown. I had strings, but now I'm free. There are no strings on me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but exactly. Propaganda, robo propaganda. Vet <laughs> yeah. Noir hit us with a submission that is um, far, far, far too long. So, sorry. <laughs> Please do, do not give us. Looks like a Wikipedia entry. Yeah. Uh, next is Zero the Masked Knight, who um, has one from Arrow, which sadly is not the opening monologue, which oh. would have been nice. So that, you know, someone wants to hit us up with some uh, CW style Arrow or Flash opening monologues, be my guest. That would be awesome. But uh, I'm curious what he wrote. You're right. This is all my fault. And is you losing your job, doing drugs, and being a drunk, is that my fault? Is that your family's fault? Or are you going to blame Tommy for dying? I have stood by you through everything. The DUI, losing your job, and Laurel, I was concerned about your well-being when you were trying to get my mother the death penalty. Laurel, do you think you're the only one that's having a hard time? Do you think you're the only one with family issues? You have... You have no idea what's going on with my family right now. But I'm still standing here. And you're still blaming everybody but yourself. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done taking the blame. And I'm done caring. Why don't you have a drink? Get wasted. Go. Go to Verdant. I'll pay for it. I have loved you for half my life. But I'm done running after you. Yeah. Tell her, Ollie. Tell her what's up. Yo. That's right. Laura was off the chain season two, man. She needed a good slap. (laughs) Of reality. (laughs) She straightened out, though. She straightened out. She's all right now. And next is MCT Dread, who has some, some running man for us. Oh, shit. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract, 
but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's the best. As this inside, it's not bad. <laughs> I'm fucking... Well, well oh. Tommy Arnold would be great. <laughs> that would be, be for all the points. <laughs> when you're rich, you don't write checks. Straight cash, homie. Nope. <laughs> And next up is Yokozuna Bulldozer. So, here we go. There's just one place for all of your spatula needs. Spatula City. Hell yeah. Spatula City. A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell our spatulas factory direct to you. (laughs) Where do you go if you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City. Spatula City. <laughs> and this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say, I love you, than with the gift of a spatula. Spatula City. Spatula City. <laughs> I forget where that's from. Is that from, like, uh, Saturday Night Live or some, from some movie or something? Oh, uh, this last one that we're going to do, mm-hmm. I think Neo's going to like. This one comes from uh, oh, shit. Xavier0009. I'm the one who knocks. Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up, disappears, ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skylar. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think of me? No, I am the one who knocks. Is that the dude from, um, Heroes? <laughs> yes. That's it exactly. Nailed it. Is it? <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. I, I forget what that guy's name was, so. <laughs> Dude, that was Breaking Bad. That, that was Heisenberg. <laughs> oh, was, was Heisenberg. it? I'm the one who knows. Oh. <laughs> I, I was listening. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, oh you were thinking of you were thinking Skylar, of Skylar uh, from your yeah, Silar yeah, from or whatever yeah, the hell his Skylar. name was. But yeah, that, that's what threw you off. I was off. thinking of the uh, that other dude, the freaking politician dude. Yeah, the, I w- I'm not reading this, so I don't. And I was just kind of listening, looking at something else. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, no, these Breaking things happen. <laughs> yeah, at least I didn't spoil it. There that's that's it for the old timey submissions. Back to new you, you Neo. All right, guys, anything before we go into our next uh, couple of segments here? No. I'm All right. Let's, uh, we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam and MAHQ. is king you are listening to gundam at mahq in a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning in a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity 
in the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. Here's to being dead. You're taking this extremely well. Taking what extremely well? That I'm here. I don't give a goddamn if you're dead. Or time traveling, or the ghost of Christmas past. All I care about is this whiskey. So bottoms up. Get the hell out of my house. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ, and part of our continuing coverage, we're going to be taking a look at Volume 9 of Gundam the Origin, Lala. Bleh. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually not that. It's Lala, but we just like to say, bleh. Oh. More like you like to say it. I just did it it for you. (laughs) Sorry, bro. So I'm not going to get into a very deep summary of this because unlike previous volumes, this one stays pretty close to the source material until about two-thirds of the way through. Mm -hmm. So very quick overview. We start off with the white base having reached space, taking off from Earth. We have the battle in orbit with the death of Dren. Oh, Dren. Yep, poor Dren. (laughs) We have them going to side six. We've got the reunion with Cameron. We've got the reunion with Tim and the junk module. Did any? Well, you guys were reading this, and I, I hate to do this while you're doing the quick recap, but did did Cameron's annoying voice from the TV show crop up when you heard him doing all his crying and whining to oh, Mirai? Right. <laughs> yes. When I'm reading yes. that, I'm like, come on, Mirai. <laughs> Again, I that, did that, what I had to do. That is the last minute I ever thought it would show up as Shar's counterattack, and that voice just sealed the deal. 
It's burned into my brain. Yep. So, reunion between Cameron and Mirai, reunion with the junk module, the first encounter with Lala. That all goes pretty much the same. Um, one minor difference is that Amaro gets permission to leave the ship to say goodbye to his dad, mm-hmm. but he actually is going back to find Lala, does not find her, and at that point, that's when he has the side of the road OnStar encounter with Lala and Char. Yeah, they, don't, they don't have OnStar in the universe century, do they? Not in Side 6, apparently. No, I mean, you have a, a bipedal, 40-meter-tall mobile suit that works no problem, yet OnStar support, you, can't, you just don't have it. Hello, Mr. Ray. You seem to have a flat tire. Oh, you stuck in the mud? That'd make, a, that'd make a great commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. So we proceed to the Escape from White Base with Cameron escorting them out. Conscon and the whole, right, he destroyed 12 rickdoms as he melts into his seat <laughs> and dies. And... At this point, it's when things start to diverge from the anime. Although, interestingly, they kept to the anime version, to the, t- the movie version of this event, and they did not have the detour to the repair factory like in the TV series. Yeah. They just stay at Side 6 the whole time and then leave. So, in this incarnation of the story, after they leave Side 6, the Federation gives them the specific mission to go to Texas, not as a feint, but to attack and destroy a secret Xeon research facility, mm. according to their intelligence. And when they get their sale of volunteers for the mission and reveals that she used to live there, we find out that the Flanagan Institute is doing new type testing in the abandoned Texas colony. And this is where we meet, in this version, Charlie Abul. Mm-hmm. Although this is a very different version of Chaliabul, because uh, by this point in the TV series, Yaz was not doing character designs. Oh. So characters from like the 30s and onwards are not his design. And if you go back to the TV version of the Texas episode, you see this like really funky looking Dr. Yeah. Flanagan. Yeah. Who yeah. got completely redesigned for the movie version. Mm hmm. And Charlie Abul was also some funky-looking doofus. Yeah. <laughs> but since he's not in the movie version, he didn't get redesigned by Yaz mm-hmm. until now. Wow. So this manga is our actual first look at how Yaz would have done that character. I gotta say, he, he looks sort of like a, like a taller version of young Rambo Raw. What do you guys think? Kind of. He definitely looks like that. Yeah. He's kind of got that. I think uh, it's a lot of it is in the mustache. He's got. He's, he's, he's a kind of, yeah, taller, younger version. Yeah, it's definitely that mustache and the hair a little bit too. He looks like he's ready to swashbuckle, man. You know, some Douglas Fairbanks Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's far younger than his uh his uh, his TV series counterpart. So it was cool yeah, to who see. Looks like some old man. Yeah, he looked like an old dude, yeah. which which I thought was uh, a, a nice touch because you know, we'd seen all these young pilots throughout the series. So in the TV show to see someone who was of old salt was cool. But I like this redesign of his character. I I, I can't lie. Well, plus uh, he's what the commander of the Jupiter fleet at that at this point, or or he was prior. So it makes sense he'd be a little bit older guy. But yeah, yeah whatever. It's it's cool. <laughs> 
So he's been assigned to Char's new type core, and he's testing the Brabro. And while publicly he puts on a face of cooperation, secretly he's not at all happy about uh, being put on the same level as some young girl like Lala. Mm-hmm. And he intends right. to show her up. So we have a couple of teams splitting off. We got Amuro in the Gundam. We got some gun cannons. We got gun tanks with Sela in there as a navigator and a uh, little flashback of the last time she was in a gun tank before this, which oh, yeah. we talked about just recently in the anime adaptation of Origin. Mm-hmm. So we have the Brabro coming in and wrecking shit until Amuro destroys it. Mm-hmm. And then Char goes out in the Gelgoog to fight Amaro and whoops his butt <laughs> pretty badly yeah. until Lala makes him stop and they leave. Yeah. But he has some unfinished business to attend to, as does Sela. So she goes on foot to her old village with Kai following her secretly and sees that the house that she was in has been uh, burnt down and destroyed. The uh, gravestones for her brother and everyone else are gone, including uh, poor little Lucifer the cat, all gone. Lucifer. Yeah. She encounters Char, and they have another conversation. Very, very different from the one at the same point in the anime. Absolutely. A lot more detailed. Um, He tells her again that, you know, she needs to, you know, leave the white base. But she calls him out on a lot of his bullshit. She brings up right away uh the fact that he killed the real Shar Aznable. Yep. And he tries to pull some semantics on her like, well it wasn't really me who killed this guy. I just kind of manipulated him and used him for my plans. He's and she's not having any of it. Which is incredibly consistent for his character because that's how his mind works. Like you yeah. watch Shar's counterattack and he's justifying all the terrible shit he's doing <laughs> which is on like a personal level uh, yeah. For all the grand scale plans he has, the lofty shit he's got going on. So it's like, yeah. it's a trait that is, that definitely carries onward from here. It is. It's like, I didn't actually kill the guy. I just <laughs> kind of my plans exactly. and didn't tell him it would be dangerous to be friends with me. But it was really <laughs> Cassilia's guys who did it, not me. So, you know, it's, it's cool. Woo. So she that's calls the best, him out. That's the best, best, the best part of Char is, <laughs> is his, his, his seemingly justifiable. Uh, you know, ends means to the end that he's you know trying to show to everybody. The man is like, the man is the Teflon Dawn. <laughs> so she she calls him out for that and for um, making the real Shars' parents think that he was alive and letting them you know <laughs> die with the hope that they would get to meet him again, mm-hmm. even though uh, their son was actually dead. And he also starts talking to her about how he got into this all just to get revenge on the zombies. But now he feels that uh, a change is coming with the rise of new types, and uh, he wants to get in on that. And she tells him he's full of shit. Pretty much. And they part ways. So we have the retreat from Texas and different closing scene after this where Sailor reveals to Bright, Slegger, and Kai that she's really Artasia and that, you know, She's not who they thought she was. Mm -hmm. And she gets confined to quarters and cries. And you see pretty much the exact same uh, sort of shots as you saw at this point 
in the TV series and in the movies. Mm-hmm. And thus yeah. ends Volume 9. Oh. So, so, bro, what were your thoughts on Volume 9? Well, I, I definitely got to say the centerpiece was the uh, the argument between Sailor and, and Char. Uh, at the end, um, the fact that she was bringing up everything that happened in the flashback sequence of the of the manga was a nice uh, callback, I'd have to say. Um, it, it definitely gives a lot more heart to their relationship because beforehand, all you got was like a few sentences between the two of them in the TV series and the movie, and then they would part ways. I remember in the TV show, she got like a letter from him and a and a suitcase full of gold or something. <laughs> yeah. And then well, she that was in crying. the movies too. That was in the movies yeah. as well. Yeah, um, you know that's what happened, and they really didn't get into the they really didn't get into the meat of what was going on between them. And the fact that Sailor stood up for herself and told you know told him it's like you weren't here after 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 well, when all the shit went down, and you know I I remember seeing you looking at me. Um, you know, from outside the colony when the colony was being raided, and then he explains to her that the only reason why Texas Colony survived is because he was there, which is a nice touch. I'm glad he said that because otherwise it would probably been de- destroyed with the rest of Loom. <laughs> and it explains why it's still there after all this time. Um, it made a nice uh, backdrop for the fight that Amaro had with uh, Shalia Bull. I love the fact that they combined Shalia Bull into this arc. They kind of had him replace uh, Makuve. Makuve, yeah, since yeah. Makuve died. And, uh, on Earth, went out yeah. like a G too. <laughs> but yeah, they had Charlie Bull replace him, and he's filled with uh, you know, vinegar, and uh, uh, thinks he's uh, above all the other new types. The fact that he was trying to play with Amaro and saying, "Oh, I'll play with you a bit before I destroy you," it's like, dude, you're a fool. This man is ripped through. Uh, t- typical, typical, typical villain. Typical villain. Instead, but- instead, instead of just taking care of business, yeah, doing doing what Elvis did, TCB, take care of business. <laughs> He's just, uh, he's got to sit there. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to play around and, you know, uh, I'll pontificate a little bit and mm-hmm. blah, 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 and, you know, and all this. And yeah. yeah, it's good though, because they gave him a lot more to do because I mean, the guy is just basically a monster of the week at both the show and the movie. So yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, he just, he just fell into that same, that same, uh, bracket that the monster of the week would fall into and, uh, he got destroyed, but he did take out somebody with him. He took out Donkey Shane. I was sad, man. Donkey Shane had the best name out of all these guys. <laughs> and he got completely obliterated. Like, there was a good moment in the manga where uh, everybody was trying to figure out who was killed, Job John or Donkey Shane. But anybody who reading the, who's reading the books already knows. It's like, well, Job John makes it to the end of the show. So <laughs> it's got to be Donkey Shane. We don't even know who this guy is for the series or the movie unless they decide to make a huge uh, change to what we know from the series. So there was uh, not much suspense there, but it was, it was still, um, it, it, it now, it makes a whole lot of sense why all these ancillary characters have been added so that there's a, uh, there's weight to the uh, conflicts that they'll run into throughout the series. I'm just waiting for the the other guy to get killed off next uh, until we're whittled down to who we had in the TV, TV, TV series when we get to the end. But um, I, I did dig Amaro's senses coming into play during that fight with uh, with Shalia Bull, how he had to rely on his new type sense and how he kept Kai back and told him, he's like, look, I can feel this guy coming. Don't make a move. <laughs> And then he ran through them like toilet tissue. <laughs> but uh, good stuff, man. I, I, I got to say the third act of this book was the best part. Uh, the beginning, beginning parts, as Chris mentioned, are pretty much point on point with the TV show and the movies. Um, I I don't recall, though, seeing Amaro's dad die like he did in uh, 
in the really? in the book. It, you know, I, I completely. I, I, yeah, he hit his head. He fell down the stairs. He, and his, yeah, I, but the the anime never made it. It was ambiguous. Clear, yeah, it was always ambiguous. ambiguous. Like when he just falls down the bottom of the steps. Like did he just pass out or was he dead? Yeah. And the manga furthers that because it's the exact same thing. Like you see him fall down, and then his arm his arm drops. I kind of think that he died, but we didn't. We never. Yeah, I no, get for it. Sure. He took a lot of brain damage just being stranded in space. So I don't think his head could take anymore. For the most part, I I, I think he's going. I think he's toast. <laughs> but uh, uh, maybe maybe later volumes will go into that further. The way I remember it from the show is that he did fall from the platform at the top of the house, but we didn't see it up close like we did in the manga. So um, it, it seemed more definitive to me in that case. But I, th- uh, I think I from what I remember, you, you doesn't do a close up, but you do see his arms kind of reach up and then fall down yeah. after he fell. So, but I could be wrong. I haven't I haven't seen it in a while. But I that when I saw it in the manga, it was very reminiscent of that. I I always thought that he died. Yeah. So well, it, it, the 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 manga definitely uh, spells it out. So good riddance. Uh, good riddance. Yo, that part though, man. That that's a piece of junk. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't change. <laughs> hey, man, uh, he got a he got a memory to grow to grow on. So Amaro, he learned a life lesson, man. Uh, don't pilot the Gundam, and <laughs> your parents will live. <laughs> but um, I, other than that, um, I I I like the nice touch where uh, Slager when he slapped Mirai, um, he apologized to her ever so slightly. In the TV show, he didn't because I, I just thought it, it, he was a bit grandstanding when he slapped her to her senses. I think that wasn't necessary, but um that's how that's how Slicker handles things. He's a, he's a bit of a hands-on dude. I'll just I'll, I'll let that slide, I guess, but the first half the first part of this book I thought was great. Um you know, it just it just tells us the story that we already know, but it's drawn so well that I enjoyed uh it re- experiencing it experiencing it again. But um those are my thoughts so far about the book. I'll pass the mic to someone else. Neil, your thoughts on Volume Nine? Well, I'd have to say I um, I really appreciate the fact that they took Shalyabul uh, and they kind of and not necessarily fleshed him out, but you got more and you got more of a battle with him because it really it really shows something that and I know it's because of the time constraints and then with the show ultimately being canceled and things like that and then you know with the movies and stuff that. Really, kind of um, going more into the the fact of the new type, and especially mm-hmm. using the the new type as a weapon of war. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of interesting too to hear his insight of like, "Wow, everybody's telling me I'm special. So why, if I'm so goddamn special, why am I with this little girl and stuff?" And you know, and, he, and he's even sitting there thinking that he can upstage Shar and all that. So it kind of tells you what type of character he is, but it also shows that. You know, that, that typical thing of if you were told that you have this amazing power that nobody else has and you can do these amazing things, how are you going to, uh, um, you know, how's that going to affect you? And, you know, so I, I thought that was good. Um, I like that, you know, the one thing that we've always had with this show is we see the more military aspect of it where, you know, it's not going to be just uh armro saving a day and you know armro and then kai and and hayato is the only people really around you know it's nice to see these guys and and i i think Solbro was saying oh you know i want to see the the final three at the end of the show i actually think you'll probably see replacements you'll see somebody replace Nakashi, and you'll probably see these guys because that's that's how the military works and you know so so you do need these these things um 
I did like the whole encapsulation of the full circle of Texas. You know, we saw it during the Young Shar and Sela chapters. Uh, we see it being a pivotal moment here. I mean, I remember the panel when we see um, during the Battle of Loam, you know, the, the Zaku sitting above in the, in the window. Yep. Um, so it, it kind of just brings everything full circle on that point. So it really ramps everything up. Um, the other thing I really liked is the fact that uh, Sela up and said, told Bright and Slegger and them what's going on instead of them hearing something over the radio. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, you know, one of the one of the things about Gundam at times is, especially you see Gundam, is Minoski particles scramble everything only when we don't need to hear a radio transmission that's needed. You know, every other time they're static in, but the one time it's really needed or it's a poignant, you know, expose or exposition or something like that, they, you know, they, they can hear it clearly. And I like the fact that she just up and came clear, clearing with her past. It makes a lot of sense because that'd be a lot of stuff that'd be weighing on her. And, you know, looking back the way they did it in the TV show where it's like, oh, you know, Bright just somehow switched on to the, you know, the right channel <laughs> or, or she didn't scramble her signal or something. It just, um, it, it just, it just seems a little bit, uh, more realistic on that aspect. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, the first half of it was, uh, pretty much standard fare, but we were used to it in the, uh, movies and anime and it was great, you know, still, still spot on nothing that you don't want to, read through you didn't i didn't seem uh you know i didn't have an issue with it being uh being that way um you know you you don't need to deviate everything from the story there are some great parts of the show and the movies that probably that didn't need to be redone so you know i i'm 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 good with that but uh you know overall um a good and i actually do like the depiction of the meaning of lala and armoro better in this than the show and the movies Mainly because you get, you're able to do it longer here. It's it's able to kind of develop a little bit more. So, you know that that's that's probably why. So, uh, but other than that, good stuff. So uh, back to you, Chris. Yeah, I'll echo what you guys were saying. You know, I for this volume didn't really mind that it didn't diverge too much from the anime because it's one of my favorite parts of the anime where mm-hmm. you know all of the buildup is paying off. You know, everything is moving towards its conclusion. We know that Operation Star One is happening. We have things like the fateful meeting between Amuro and Lala and crossing paths with Shar and his new type skills starting to emerge. And like the TV series, the uh, Gundam starting to wear down and not being able to keep up with Amuro's reflexes, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And the real highlight for me was everything on Texas because, yeah. you know, in the movies and in the TV series, it's just some random place where stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, it's just the locale of the week. <laughs> yeah, it literally is the locale of the week. Mm-hmm. But thanks to the flashback arc, Texas means so much more because, you know, for Sela, it was the place where she was happiest. Wow. You know, living with uh, Don Tiobolo and with the Osnabels. And it was the last place, when you think about it, that she could be just sort of a young, happy girl before the news of her mother dying and then Lucifer dying and uh, Casval leaving and all of this stuff. Yeah. 
leaving her completely alone. And then, of course, as she recants, recounts all of the horrible things that happened in the early parts of the one-year war at Texas with the rioters and all that crazy stuff that we saw in those previous volumes. So, you know, I love the callbacks to that because it cemented it as an important part of the story and not just some multi-year digression that Yaz took. So the flashback in the gun tank, um, her telling Shar about everything that happened, calling him out for his bullshit about (laughs) impersonating the real Shar, Mm -hmm. all perfect stuff. And, you know, it makes it a sad homecoming for her. Absolutely. And and kind of a sad homecoming for Shar as well, even though that's not his main purpose for being there, because, you know, he doesn't leave with Lala and Flanagan when everyone else does. He decides to stay behind because he has unfinished business and figures there's probably a chance that he's going to run into his sister. And of yeah. course he does. Yeah. And obviously this time you have more people in on the secret because Kai overhears what's going on and later Sailor reveals the truth to him and Bright and Slegger. Um, I also like the new stuff with Shalia Bull because it seemed like in the TV series he's sort of an afterthought because the Shalia Bull stuff, if I remember correctly, happens um, – In the mid-30s. The late 30s. Oh, yeah, late 30s. <laughs> Late thirties, like he's like half a episode or something like that. Yeah, it's like one episode, and it happens like right before Lala dies, but after Solomon. So, like, and then it kind of late in the story, guys, to be bothering with you know some new type testing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's better that they're doing this here, and they have the practical tests with the Brabro with an experienced guy like him, and then when he fails, they decide to, you know move on to their next candidate and put Lala in the Elmath. I think that's a much more logical progression. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think of the redesign of the Brow Bro, by the way? I, I think it looks a lot creepier. It looks <laughs> less funky because, yeah. boy, did that thing look super 70s? It sure did. Series. Yeah, they, they managed to successfully uh, update it. I thought it was it's, a pretty it's good It's so redesign. menacing looking, though. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cross between the TV version and the really weird version that was in Gundam Evolve. Yeah. That looks oh, yeah. almost unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a hybrid of the two. So I think it looks sufficiently creepy and imposing for the first massive new type mobile armor that Amaro's fighting. Mm-hmm. So I liked, uh, you know, seeing his new type skills emerge and, uh, that little slip of the tongue Sayla has that re- that reveals to Shar that that weird kid he encountered is the Federation's new type. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Decided to toy with the wrong pilot. <laughs> yeah. I also liked uh, Shalia's characterization because for that one episode that he appears in in the TV series, he's just sort of like, oh, gee, golly shucks, guys. Yeah. I'm just happy to be on Team Zeon and... Fight yeah. for you know Zion, yay Zion. He, he, just, he finds out he, he he was a puppet the whole time, uh, a guinea pig as he called himself. Um, in that realization as he's about to die. <laughs> yeah, I like that he has that realization at the end that uh, he was just being used as a guinea pig, and that he would have been better off staying where he was rather than volunteering for what Garen sent him into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of a rare thing. We don't see that in Gundam too often. Like someone. You know, usually an, an antagonist realizing that they were wrong and they should have just yeah. for volunteering and they would have been better off just not volunteering. Exactly. Yeah, because always these antagonists, when they volunteer for something, there's some sad sack story 
that drove them to do this. And with this guy, he was just like, okay, it's part of my duty. It sounds cool, whatever. But, oh, shit, I am a guinea pig, you know. Because you know they sold them a bill of goods. Hell, it's Garen and his guy. So <laughs> selling this guy a bill of goods. Oh, you'll get the adulation well, of millions and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and even worse, it's actually a tag team because you've seen those flashbacks. It's Garen and Cassilia. Yep, yep. It's pretty messed up, man. I guess everybody's a pawn in their game. Damn. But it sh- but to me, I think the biggest thing it really showed me, like I said, was it really showed the importance of the new type being this new quote unquote weapon that they're trying to exploit. You know, it's like you can, we've seen Xeon, they're on the run. They've gotten so desperate now that they're wanting to use these people with this unproven capability to see if it's if it's a tide turner and when you see char sitting there in the cockpit and he's observing uh charlie Abel work he comes to the realization that new types are definitely uh, uh, uh <laughs> not to be trifled with for the most part and that they could be um important to the future man I, I i like when he has that come to jesus moment about that and then in his discussion to sailor where he tells her about uh the fact that um his dad had it all wrong the fact that he hated his father, I was, that was pretty surprising to hear. But I guess he had disdain for a lot of people as a child. But then, you know, he realizes as an adult that his father might have been on, uh, on the right path. He just was looking at the wrong uh, – he, he was looking at it the wrong way. And now seeing new types operate in this world um, is, is pretty important to his, develop, to his development in the future. I, I like the fact that they sow those seeds real early in this. Yeah, I like that as well. And, you know – it just brings everything full circle from those flashbacks. So I think that's the best part of uh, this storyline. So any closing comments, gentlemen? No. All right. Another solid volume, man. I can't wait to see uh, how this wraps up. All right. So, Sobro, your rating for this volume. I'll give this volume uh, four Kai sneaking missions out of five. It was a nice touch to have Kai actually uh, follow Sailor to where she met up with, uh, with Char. And he overheard everything. I guess that's probably what forced her to actually have to reveal uh, what she had to reveal about her past. So um, nice, nice, nicely, nicely sewn up. A really good volume. All right. Neo, your rating for this volume. I give this four out of five tombs of the unknown kitties. Oh, oh, poor <laughs> Lucifer. Because you can't, Sailor said, you can't find his grave anymore. The little marker is gone. You don't oh. know where it's at. Damn. Tomb of the unknown kitty. Lucifer, man, forever, forever mysteriously buried somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna give this one um, four out of five BS semantics. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we are in the home stretch. We only have three more of these reviews to go this year, and then obviously um, reviews of the OVA. So watch. Um, sometime in the near future for our review of volume 10 when that's out we're gonna take a quick break and be right back you're listening to gundam and mhq Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me. Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then goddammit, start by accepting mine. 
Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Gundam at MHQ, and we're going to be starting up our second segment, which is an extended mailbag. We haven't been going at it for a while, so here we go. We're going to try to get through a good number of questions, obviously not all. And you can drop these questions in the mailbag on megatalk.net. So our first one comes from Revan Vray, who says, Hey there, I know you want to keep this short, so what are your thoughts on Battletech slash MechWarrior, especially the fact that it lifted some <clears throat> designs from Macross <laughs> and other anime series? It sure did. Uh, I used to play it when I was um, in, in the late 80s. Uh, my friend had a Battletech set, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I, rem- I recall that the Destroids from Macross were definitely a part of that series. They lifted a lot of the designs for that. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was cool. I never really got in depth with it though, so that's pretty much all I can say on that. Neil? Uh, no, I don't. I never played it or anything, so I don't really have any thoughts. I Sorry. never played it, did anything with it, so I have no thoughts either. 
Next, we have a couple of questions from Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, Hello! <laughs> One, an unknown beloved force will give you a Jigen Hao school Ryusei Rasen Ken mixed with a good old dose of K.O. Ken unless you form a boy band with Mega Pilots. The catch is an NKOTB type boy band composed of the most macho Mega Pilots around. Oh. Pretty boys are banned. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Uh, I, I, well, why don't we collaborate on this one then? Uh, Master Asia is definitely, um, definitely in there. Yeah. Chirico, yeah, Chirico, um, uh, Rumble Raw, absolutely. Um, yo, what about dude from Double uh, O Eighty Three? What's his name? Uh, Burning South Burning. South Burning. Yo, his old looking ass, but he's in his thirties. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, who else? Who is really rugged, man? Neo? Oh, boy band? Yeah, new, um, new, but rugged, gruff-looking pilots instead of uh, no no pretty boys in the group. Yazan. There you go. There you go. He, he brings the group together. Yeah. <laughs> He's a crazy one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's not. There's a lot of pretty boys. Well, if we, if we want to talk about music-themed crazy people with bad uh, hair and all, I'll throw in... Um, Geist. Oh, sure, Geist. The bad boy of the group, man. The most dangerous. <laughs> Justin Bieber status. <laughs> From empty Geist to Poland Death Force. <laughs> but I would also throw in this maniac uh, Goon Jim from Dragonar. Oh, yeah. His, and his band of freaks who all look like metal band rejects anyway. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. How about, uh, I was going to say some Burn Bunning, but he's kind of... Uh, He's kind of good looking, so uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to leave him off of there. Uh, I, I'd throw in also Dozel because he is, you know, oh, yes. not as rugged as they get. Oh, yes. The tall Captain one. Har- Captain Harlock. <laughs> he's he's kind of pretty, but in a rugged way. That's a handsome man, though. Yeah, but he's got a scar on his face. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it. Scar equals, but, scar equals ugly. But he's anime. not a mech pilot, though, man. He's a captain. He don't Doesn't ha- matter. He don't dirty his hand with no mecha, bro. He's fucking Captain Harlock. He's swashbuckling, man. He's got his quota to worry about. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I, 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 we, we named off a quite, quite a few, man. I'm, I'm trying yes. to think of anybody, uh, uh, anybody else. Um, oh, uh, Bright Noah and the Petite Mobile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> petite Mobile, get out of here with there, that. There you go, man. Hey, man, it's, it's, a, it's a mobile suit. He's the clutch pilot, son. A little, little tiny one. <laughs> there you go. All right, so there you have our selections question number two you three are a gunpla team name of team and each of your gunpla please oh, shit. We're, the, we're the plavisky city rollers man and uh well, I... <laughs> well what, what what name do you have sir please moonlight butterfly wins all that's not a name it's <laughs> the name of a team no that's a moonlight statement butterfly. that's the name of a horse <laughs> Oh, like all the names that that tri fighters and all. Oh my God, really? Hey man, hey man, you got to you got to bring it, son. <laughs> We're the New England Patriots. We will deflate your temper. <laughs> the new the, the New England deflators. Is that what we? Yes. <laughs> my gunpla is a deflated Wilson football. <laughs> man, I, I I would go. I would take it simple, man. I go with the Zaku. Uh, just a simple docket with uh, with 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 sponsorships all over it, like uh, Pepsi and stuff. Like a NASCAR. I'm for NASCAR sale. NASCAR Zaku. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So I'd just like to thank everybody and the uh, the Dupont the, team, the the, the, the the Wild Cherry Pepsi, Popeyes Fried Chicken, uh, you know Aaron's Rent to Own mm-hmm. Zaku team. Exactly, looking like Tiger and Bunny up in here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll be Team MAHQ, right, Chris? Yes. There you go. You'll what's be your, our leader. What's your gun plug, Chris? Our, our, just anger. His his is just just a, a mass a gun plug built on anger and and you know forcing his opinion on other people. <laughs> yeah, my my gun plug of choice will be the uh, the domineering Zeta. Yes, I just domineer everyone. King Zeta. <laughs> and, and, and me and Solbro are in, in uh, Nemos or GMs with gag gag balls in our mouths. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Done. <laughs> there you go. Next last question. Oh, no. yep. Jesus. Last question. If the first episode of Destiny had the three protagonists from GTA V, Jack, the Chaos, Gaia, and Abyss, how would things have turned out? Oh, my messy. God. All, all of Zaft is murdered. Oh. <laughs> I mean, a lot of Zaft was murdered, if Yo. I remember it correctly. But, Yo, yeah. More. What's that Even dude's name? More. Trevor, the crazy one? Yeah, he's, Trevor, he's like Trevor. the Yazan Gable of GTA. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy, messed up dude from the desert. The guy's a maniac. Yo, him alone, yeah. he'd lay waste to so much. <laughs> Unstoppable, man. And that is it for that question. Next up is Gundam 420. Who's got a couple? He says, uh, sorry for the last TLDR post. Question number one. While Gundam may be science fiction fantasy, and sometimes we have to give certain scenarios benefit of the doubt because it's fiction, there are some things that make me go, what the fuck? Like, why the heck does freedom fall in space and seed, or the destiny and the Minerva both fall to the moon after being destroyed? <laughs> None of these scenarios should be possible due to the lack of gravity, so my question is, what are those scientifically ridiculous moments in Gundam that grind your gears? I've had a hard time buying the solar cannon. How that works? Like, still, I to this day, well, like you have to get all those mirrors perfectly placed yeah, to, to fire up that cannon. It's the most yeah. impractical super weapon I've ever seen. <laughs> I was say you need to get that you, you need to get that musai out of there. You're 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 uh, taking down the power levels. It's like hurting a bunch of cats. It's like, dude, I, yeah. I, they managed to make it work, and God bless them. But. <laughs> It's needlessly complicated. Yeah, I was like, "Dang!" I, I, what was better was the cannon laser. The, the sorry, the 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 um, colony laser. That makes sense. You know, you're, you're using that as a cannon. I mean, granted, it makes sense in in the conceit of the show. But yeah, that 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 to me is like one of the biggest. I, I tell things. you, I tell you, go into the guts of it, and you see it's like transistor radio tubes yeah. from 1923. <laughs> looks like looks like Chris's radio phone from the old timey. When we play when we play extreme versus you have to fight inside of it. It's like every time I'm in here it's like how did he get this to work? Why do I why do I keep breaking fluorescent tubes? Uh, all these fluorescent tube light bulbs are just breaking around me. What is going on? No, the super weapon brought to you by GE. <laughs> oh, terrible. But uh back to you guys. I'll throw in the uh destiny notion of moose surviving uh oh, that geez. attack from the dominion like oh, yeah. how how is that even how is it even possible no. the mobiles who get blasted by a giant cannon from a battleship and explodes and somehow he magically survives and gets picked up 
by the Alliance. If they were going to... some twisted, deformed freak. He just gets one scar on his face, but he's cool. Yeah, if they're going to run that back, they need, to, they need to come up with a very well-detailed way on how he lived through that, like the explosion. What, you know, how, how did he get out of that? And they never did. They just, they just jump cut to him on the operating table. Because <laughs> he, he's got this big scar on his pretty face that, that necess- necessitates being on the operating table. Oh, my We need God. to put you under. We need the guys from Nick Tuck to make you pretty again. Nick Tuck! <laughs> Question number two. With progress on the upcoming Battle Angel Alita movie going smoothly, sarcasm, <laughs> if you could get someone else to direct it, who would it be and who would play Alita? Oh. Challenge mode, no, no Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. Uh, I don't see Sir Bay doing Ooh, that. Man. It sits below him. Um, I actually I, – I haven't seen it yet, but I, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of exposure for uh, a movie called Ex Machina. And they kind of tackled the whole thing about AI and uh, and androids and stuff like that. And seeing the uh, the trailer for that movie, the special effects look really nice. Um, the director of that movie, I would actually would throw his hat into the throw his name into the the ring and and see if he could direct that movie. Uh, he'd probably do, go at it more on an indie level. And uh, maybe what's that's the guy's name? Oh, I can look that up. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, director. You don't yeah. even know. I haven't seen. I told him. I, I, I feel like I'm, at, I'm just saying. Like I'm just, at, I've, 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 I've heard interviews with him, and he seems to be on some next just, level stuff. I just feel like I'm at a Don Draper pitch right. set. Hey, listen, picture this. <laughs> He's done this smoke. Movie. It's in your eye. A lot yeah. of, a lot of directors are being pulled from the indie, the indie circuit to direct big, high okay. budget movies. You must have names, uh, right? Just, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. I'll find him. Don't I, you worry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one for you. All right. I'll be, I'll be so. Bro's proxy. Okay. Uh, what is that? Neil Blumcat? Because he's so amazing. No. <laughs> oh, he's an amazing director. Al- Alex Garland is his name, by the way. That's Alex the director's Garland. name. There you go. And uh, as as the play as as for playing her, um, I'd say uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alexandra Daddario. I think she might be a little too old for the role, though. But then again, uh, Alita kind of changes ages throughout, so that would be my my first my first casting for that. So there you go. Okay, and. I'm going to go with the guy who started this whole mess by even showing Alita to Cameron, and that is Guillermo del Toro. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was him that actually. He's patient zero. (laughs) Yeah, it's all his fault. So he gave an interview recently, and he talked about uh, some of his uh, experience with anime, and he talked extensively about Pat Labor. Yeah. And it was Cameron who showed him the first Pat Labor movie. Right, and then he went and showed Alita to okay. Cameron. I got a one up you. <laughs> How long ago was that? Uh, a zillion years ago. It have obviously. to be. This is way back in the nineties. Yeah, because he's been talking about that Alita movie since before since Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's that's pretty impressive. I didn't know that uh, Del Toro was even in his circle at the time. <laughs> pretty cool. Who would you get the yeah. player then? If I wanted someone young and cutesy, this is just random oddball pick because I just saw Pitch Perfect 2 the other day. I'd go with um, Haley Steinfeld. Why the hell not? Haley? Oh, that's Who is Haley Steinfeld? Who she was this? in your favorite uh, reboot of True Grit. She played the girl. Ah, uh, there you go. Garbage. Rooster Cogburn, baby. <laughs> I only watch it with the Duke. <laughs> Next, we have a question from our pal, the Foul Sorceress, who says, With Chris's return to the show, some members of the community have begun referring to the three of you as the Trinity. Which of you is the Holy Spirit, and which of you is Wonder Woman? What the what? Solbro is Wonder Woman. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
I'm Batman. Yeah. So who's the whole? Uh, Neo's the Holy Spirit. I'm Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, foul sorcerers. Yeah, I went to Catholic school. So. The next up is MCT Dread, who says, "Greetings, podcast." Meisters, mm-hmm. you're in charge of recasting Seinfeld strictly with characters from Gundam. <laughs> Who would you pick to play as Seinfeld, Kramer, Newman, and such? Even minor <laughs> European characters, if you'd like. Man, uh, that's a tough question. I'd actually like. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Kai as Seinfeld as Jerry. That's, I could go with that. That's not uh, a bad idea. He's kind of he's kind of that observational guy. Yeah. He's a. I mean, I'm not a big Seinfeld person, but you know, I've, I've seen episodes. And he, you know, he's got that observational humor and he's kind of, he's kind of a thorn in people's sides the way that he acts. And that's, that's kind of Kai. Um, I'm going to put uh, Yazan as Kramer. Oh, I was, okay. Wow. Yeah, all right. Oh, who's neurotic enough to be George? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Are you going to say hi and, and also short, fat, and losery. <laughs> oh, um, Fats Goodman. Yo, Fats, Fats Goodman. Goodman. <laughs> what about DK, Fats. man? I just crap myself. Oh, man. maybe DK could be oh, Newman. Oh, you mean Generation 2 DK? Though. The Generation 2 DK could be Newman, though. <laughs> he could be. Who would be Elaine? Elaine. Elaine. Oh, uh, oh, Nina Purpleton could be uh, oh, yes. ice cold and bitchy. Yes, yes. yes now true. you're talking Yo, Nina Purpleton all day. Yo, who's going to be the lawyer guy? Uh, what's his name? Johnny something? Yeah, you're going. To, you're going to the parts I don't know. Oh so. man, I, that's all on you, man. <laughs> Yo, what about your boy Jay? What about Jay? Jay? Jay Peterson? Oh, yeah, the, the, or, your yeah. man's. <laughs> Imagine I'm walking down the Mekong Delta <laughs> with a backpack. I always, I those are the episodes. I I've seen those episodes. Those are pretty funny. That yeah. Jay Peterman guy. Jay Peterman, pretty, man. Um, who, who'd who'd play him, man? Uh, your boy uh, Gato. <laughs> I could see Gato doing that because he's kind of he's kind of that guy that's kind of a big windbag about stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gato was pretty much a he was a, just a big giant windbag when it came to things. So, yo, Brett could be the I soup Nazi see. though. <laughs> no, he could be the chef, the chef from the White Base. We need some salt. Oh yeah, the chef, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> that I know sense. we're about to go into battle, but we have to make a detour. We've got to get salt, man. <laughs> oh, salt. I felt like I was like in elementary school in like science class being told how important salt was to your body. I, I will say this, uh to play putty man it would have to be Slegger all day. All day. That guy's the right person for, for old putty right there. <laughs> I got like I said, I'm I'm at a point where I'm tapping out on this. Sorry, we're <laughs> moving on. All right, then. yeah. All right, enough. Next question comes from Jadfish who says, Hey guys, I'm new around here, but I have a friend who's even newer to mecha anime in general. Mm-hmm. After he started his venture into anime by watching Naruto around June this year, this question's from last year, mm-hmm. he came to me <laughs> recommendations. I told him to watch a lot of stuff, including Gurren Lagan, which he quickly fell in love with. Amen. Nice. Now, how would you introduce a guy who likes Gurren Lagan to the rest of the mecha genre? I'd like to watch g with him, but I don't think it's entry-level stuff. Ooh. I like your podcast a lot, and I'm slowly digging my way through the earlier episodes. Also, thanks a lot for making me aware of Gundam The Origin. I have five volumes so far, and I love it. Have a nice day, guys. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, is... Yeah. Wait not entry level. G Reco is no level. <laughs> I, 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 I will, I will, I will say the easiest one. The next one to do, Gundam Wing. Uh, yeah, or or, or if Gundam you want, well, if, if you like Gundam a, Wing, even at this point, it may depend upon his friend's animation tastes yeah. because true. You know, that is a true. lot of that. That shows twenty years old now. Of course, yeah, yeah. Year, and, and so. I'm and I'm I'm just going in the aspect of just in general. If the guy's oh, yeah. open, I'm going. 
I'm going off of the, coming fresh off of Gurren Lagan. I'd say uh, G Gundam is not a bad transition into Gundam again, itself. Animation. Also, it's more than Once twenty again, years old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, more than twenty years old. Jesus. Um, yeah, we're talking about someone who's gotten involved through stuff like Naruto and Gurren Lagan. Yeah. So let's let's stick to the twenty first century, guys. Gargantia. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah, Gargantia is good. It's short. It's it's, it's, a, it's, it's an isolated. Probably, it's, it's short. Uh, yeah. It's, I would it, probably go with. Go ahead. Hmm. No, I was just saying it's short and, you know, it, it kind of hits all your mecha plots, you know, plot points in there. Yeah. So mysterious girl, shit like that. So, I mean, I would toss out uh, double O. Yeah. Code Geass, not Akito the Exiled, um, depending on if he likes uh, cell shaded stuff or not. Sidonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I'd say build fighters, but then again, you might want to have a working knowledge of more Gundam series before Maybe checking Macro- it out. Maybe Macross Frontier. Yeah, Frontier is not bad. Frontier is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do not show your friend G Reco if you want him to stay. Yeah. Him <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds like a good guy. You don't want to scare him away. Yeah, very true. <laughs> let, let him watch it on his own only after yeah. he's watched all the other Gundam because. Yeah. Don't ruin a good thing. In the writer's defense, G Reco was, I believe, start was it starting or getting ready to come out around the time he wrote this? About around the time they wrote this, so uh, it doesn't matter. So yeah. he couldn't have known. There was no way. Yeah. So in retrospect, <laughs> well, we're answering the questions now, not yeah. in the past. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, we are. We've seen it, so yeah, we can definitely tell you guys to stay away from that. Next up is another from MCT Dread who says, which character in all of Mecha deserves a good old Comedy Central roast and who should be on the panel? Ooh. Charizemal. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has one coming. <laughs> you just you just truck out all. Some of them be Ghost, of course. You'd be like Ghost Lala, Ghost Requa, you know. And they'll be, all, be- they'll be like, and Amaro will be like, I came to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. Lucifer the Cat shows up, you know. Nice. His dad, ghost dad. <laughs> Not that bad Bill Cosby movie. <laughs> I, just, I, just thought, I just heard what I said. Holy crap. You just fell into that, buddy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Wu Fei because uh, they could rail on him for two hours for killing off no. Trace. Then Trace means we got to give him up. more time. Hey, man. No, yo, that's a guy want, who deserves want... to be roasted. <laughs> no. Yes. If you're going you're to roast yes. anybody on that thing, you got to roast Hero. Nah, nah. Hero, hero, What's hero with like the tank top and the shorts, dude? Hero, hero, hero's, hero's so stone-faced, he's not going to be phased by the jokes, man. i got to have someone who's going to get heated. <laughs> what do you want? You want to roast Wu Fei and have Ghost Trace show up? That's and right. Say, you, you, you didn't really kill me. Yo, he can, no, MC, he can MC, bro. No. <laughs> he, can, he can be the MC. <laughs> the Roast Master. <laughs> I am Ghost Trace. And by the way, Buffet, you never you never killed me. That's what I was up. the one. I, 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 I impaled myself on your beam saver. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Kyo Asano. Oh, I knew it. And on, on the panel will be uh, Genocidal Grandpa Woo. plus... The ghosts of everyone who was killed as a result of Keo's treachery. <laughs> and it, I, I would like to do if if you say all of Mecca now, if I could say maybe creators, I might want to do a roast of Tamino. Oh yes, <laughs> and just go do this is your life or the, <laughs> this is your work. You should be so good. Yeah, that actually <laughs> should happen. <laughs> Things, things used to kind of went from point A to point B, kind of made some sense. Now yeah. it's just, whoa, let's just go to Wayne's Arena and let it play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be too much for his old heart to take. 
Oh, actually, that or you want uh, Roy Foker. This is your life. Oh, Everybody will be drunk and stone cold drunk in that one. That'd be a, that would be a party and a half. Hell yeah. But. <laughs> and next up, we have some questions from Yokozuna Bulldozer again, who says, let them fight. Oh, hell yeah. One, if Ken Watanabe told you to let two mecha pilots fight, who would the two be? Hmm. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. Go for it. I, I want to see no mobile suits in a Thunderdome. Atherin and Kira, who ba- who f- who who actually wins? Oh wow! I, in the end, it's just going to be a slap fight, uh, slap fight between two pretty boys. <laughs> well, you took one of mine. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Um, I would definitely keep Kira in the equation, but I'd pin him against uh, Maximilian Genus all day, just so I could see Maximilian beat his ass. <laughs> probably the only mecha pilot that probably could um out there yeah. mech jesus not at all not with max in the building that it was that guy was the original mecha jesus right there <laughs> i pit those two against each other i'm gonna put uh chirico and hero to see mm. who can <laughs> outstare whom uh, there you go and how long they would do that before a, a single punch is even thrown well i i want to see then uh what is it uh, say and uh, no, say from that. Um, the kid from uh, what the oh, oh god, fighters, the fighters try. Oh, okay, you're talking about um, the fighting kid, <laughs> Sekai. Sekai, Sekai. Yeah. Sorry, I knew to start with an S. Sekai versus Domon. That's not too Who's, bad since that's his teacher, anyway. <laughs> it's like every other martial arts film, student must overpass the teaser. Who knew? <laughs> Question number two. If Macross 7 became Robotech 7, would you guys cool. be cool with Neki Basara and Firebomber being turned into Ned Bucky and the Flame Busters? Correct, yeah, why not? The correct answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Question number three. What are your tactics for surviving five nights at a Rodham Hive slash Nest from Tekaman Blade? Your only tools are a replica Tekaman helmet and two flashlights you duct taped as... An improvised tech lancer. I've never even seen Tech Man Blade, so And it's been twenty years since I've seen Techno Man, which is the America version of Tech Man Blade. I'm so gonna say know. run run the other direction. Yeah, it's like I'm opt out. <laughs> Ram of my helmet. That's it. And next we have Zero the Mass Knight who says, Hi Gundam crew. Now's not the time for fear. That comes later. Oh boy. Question number one. What are your three favorite guns? Guns can be anything from personal firearms to mobile suit guns or ship's cannons. Mines are the Severo M5 handgun from Gitsack. Number two, FN57. Three, GN Sword 2. Oh, this is easy. Captain Harlock's Panzer Dragoon. Gene Starwind's freaking caster gun. Hell yeah. And probably... I'd have, I, you know what? I'll, I'll go with the Gitsack handgun. I do like that one too. I, I'm going straight up handguns. Damn. So, yeah. Uh, mine are. Uh, Take that, soul, bro. Oh, boy. Suck on that. Uh, <laughs> and no super attacks. Nah, mine. No super combos. Mine are uh, uh, the Jericho. Um, I don't know what the actual caliber of it is, but the gun that Spike Spiegel uses in Cowboy Bebop. The classic version of Megatron is my second one. And third one, P thirty eight Walther. Yeah, P thirty eight Walther with all the with all the add ons though, where it turns into a sniper rifle. That's the shit, man. I always wanted one when I was a kid, man. Don't so don't, impractical. Don't judge me. <laughs> 
And then um, one you guys won't know about, but uh, Whole Horses Stand from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's actually a gun called the Emperor. It's so practical and cool, and it can't be detected by any metal detectors. It's amazing. Those are my three. Uh, I'm going to go with, for one, as a cop-out answer, any cool gun used by Rally Vincent in Gunsmith Cats. There you go. That's, that's, a, that's a good answer right there. All-encompassing, huh? <laughs> All-encompassing. She knows her guns. She's the gunsmith, man. Might as well just say every gun, every gun handled by GoGo13. Oh hell yeah, dude! Or did I take number two? I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> no. <stole> from you. <laughs> well, he only uses an M16, that's so that's high powered. Yeah, that's, that's, that's custom. Yeah. Not much variety there. Uh, since we're throwing in weird stuff here, mm-hmm. um, I like uh, whose was it? Um, the the Mark II's beam rifle. Oh yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, the when it became the Super Gundam or whatever. Yeah. Well, also that, but just even the regular beam rifle. Oh, okay. It's a pretty nice design. And number three, um, I always had a liking since I had built a kit of this of uh, Double X's beam rifle. Oh, right on. It's a nice design too. I think an honorable mention I'd say is I know it sounds stupid, but I do like uh, I like Win Zero's Buster Gun, the the one that it used to come apart. Yeah. I always liked that for some reason. I don't know why. But th- that was pretty cool too. Picking one from Gundam, I'd definitely go with the the Zeta's Buster Cannon. I always liked that quite a bit. So, if I had to pick one from Gundam. And question number two: I watched a fairy tale episode a while ago, the one where Loxus defeats the entire Raven Tail team by himself. I thought it was well done. The buildup was was brief and to the point. Part of your critiques of Build Fighters Season 1 was how one-sided Nils' fights were. So my question is, where would you draw the line between an unrealistic one-sided fight and a well-done one, So, which I consider the fairy tale example to be? Can you give other examples of well-done and unrealistic one-sided fights and compare and contrast them? There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Okay, I'm not going to give you, like, essay-level stuff, but... Yeah. Um, uh, I'll kick it to you first, Sobro. Well, I mean, there needs there definitely needs to be a a, a a reason why this person could overcome all five characters and one that's believable to the audience. Um, it's not from any anime, but a recent example is if you've seen episode two of Daredevil, where he fights in the uh, the hallway with all those thugs that he's trying to uh, fight his way through. They really depict that in a in a in a nice way, um, realistic. You could see how dogged and tired he is, but he's still taking these dudes out, and that to me was a, a pretty well done one-sided fight although he took his own licks during that fight in anime you know you can cite all sorts of examples but whether they're good or bad i guess it depends on uh how well invested you are in the show but that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind honestly you want me to say something Uh i'm I'm not going to give you a specific example but what i would think is an unrealistic or a realistic one-sided fight is when the overpowered character is fighting the underpowered character and there comes a point where that underpowered character does a specific move or catches them where it kind of makes them take notice. The overpowered guy takes notice, but doesn't necessarily hurt him or maybe does kind of hurt him, but he's able to counter it. But he, it makes them kind of sit there and think twice about what their next move or what their next tactic is going to be. That to me is a realistic one-sided fight. They still ends up whipping the guy's ass, but he can see that, hey, this guy's got something. He kind of hurt me. It's a good thing he didn't know that I that he wasn't in a stronger suit or, or he was a stronger fighter because he could have really hurt me that to me is a realistic one-sided fight nice yeah that's the best way I well can it's not a realistic it. one-sided fight it's a realistic fight yeah. versus an unrealistic one-sided fight yeah oh a realistic fight well a realistic fight most of them don't last that long that's the biggest thing and that and that's the comparison of that was either one of them is not really going to last that long <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm sure I could think of a thousand examples, but that would take that's a long a, that, time. Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, that's like that's almost like something we need to like have an actual segment on. It, it might be a segment in the future, but yeah. what I'll give instead is characteristics of what I look for to define these. So one-sided fight would be uh, one where the victor has to put in almost no effort. Yeah and suffers very little damage, injury, or harm. Mm-hmm. So, in counter to that, what I would consider a realist, I say a realistic fight, but a good fight, would be a fight that's earned. And, you know, from live action, Daredevil's a great example, and so we're just described, you know, turning to live action movies, Indiana Jones, someone oh. who gets beaten up a lot oh, and yeah. has to earn his victories because he's not yeah. an invincible punching bag. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> compared to, you know, the likes of Stallone and Schwarzenegger. So that's what I would cite as my yeah. examples. I'd, I'd also throw in there as extra, as, as a bonus, uh, uh, a lot of Jackie Chan's fights in his movies, he's always the underdog and he has to come up from the bottom to rise to the top. So that's another example. I mean, although those movies can be silly at times, there are some, some good moments in his movies where he actually... Uh, choreographs really good fights when he's against the odds when he's against against all odds so i definitely uh i would definitely throw that in there too and our last question comes from turn a binker who says new types are a major factor in terms of uc gundam everyone always asks about their importance but i want to play a game of what if with you guys about removing them when it comes to msg zeta double zeta shars counterattack unicorn victory if you add that maybe even 0080 when it came to the Alex. If new types didn't exist in any of these, how would it affect the plot, story, characters, tech, etc.? Would it have been an improvement or would it be less special? Could a change in character actions and or plot revelations, Shars Counterattack or Unicorn still keep the story just as good without the theme and use of new types? Or at the end of the day, would it show that new types are important and removing them from the stories would be a bad idea? Your thoughts? I'll handle this one first. Um, mm-hmm. I think for some stories, removing new types would be a benefit. I would say yeah. Unicorn probably falls into that category. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because boy, was that series better before all of the uh, new type weirdness that we see exhibited in it, especially in episode seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also in episode four, which is, you know, episode four. So definitely better without it. Uh, MSG, I think it's a pretty important part of the story, even though it's not even a named part of the story until very later on in the TV series, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it illustrates the hope for the future of the human race, an optimistic hope that sadly is never fulfilled. Right. So, and also... Amra would be dead without new types <laughs> many but, times. Well, what about the flip side of that? That, that Zeon wouldn't have all those uh, new type pilots to throw at Amaro too, you know, um, towards the end of the series. You know, they, they'd kind of be yeah, at a but huge disadvantage. Early on, he wouldn't have developed the skills to even last yeah. that long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He'd have been shot down on his first sortie. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, no, remember, he had the learning computer, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. He had a few. Remember, that, that was kind of the... At the beginning of the show, that was the um, kind of the plot device on that was the learning computer, and then it became oh, he's got this new new type ability. So it's kind of hard to to like to take I agree, the new though, type I th- out of these because they there there's big parts of each one of these series, at least leading up to Unicorn, um, that being a new type or having new types in the story are a big part of the plot. You know, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam in the third act of the series, you know, it, it, everything hinges on new types. In Zeta, you have the you have the 
the uh, cyber new types in that series as well as uh, Camille becoming one slowly throughout the series. They already had new type powers from the beginning, so they kind of helped define him. Uh, Double Zeta, uh, you've got Haman and you've got Judo, and they're two of the power- most powerful new types there are. So, uh, Shark's Counterattack, big part. Victory, maybe he can get away with it. Uh, one way or the other, maybe it would work out. But I think he can get away with it more in, in Double Zeta than you can Victory. Yeah. Because... Victory, you have a 13 year old kid piloting a mobile suit. I mean, yeah. it, you, you gotta kinda need that for, <laughs> for some of that. I agree though with Unicorn. What else? I mean, shoot, some of the. More in the pocket, it's just meant. I mean, it's just Christina, but she, well, she's not even even as a new type. She's just. No. She's just well, the just the pilot. plot point of the, the Alex being for a yeah. new type. It would, it would just it would just make that gun the, the Alex gun it was just a regular that's gun. That's what and that's you know what thinking about that now that's what's always kind of bothered me I guess on the outside it's like okay the Alex is for a new type why isn't a new type test pilot doing it like why would you just throw a regular test pilot in because you're never going to realize the full capability of, of that weapon. Well, the the Federation yeah, at the were, time, and even the Xeon, they didn't really believe in the power of new types until after the war. Yeah, even the, well, then, yeah. the Federation, and then they were scared of it. Yeah, yeah. Federation didn't even have a Flanagan Institute, so yeah, there was. Yeah. You just had. Re- remember, the whole thing about new types yeah, was something that fed- Revel personally believed in and pushed for. But then once he's out of the picture. There wasn't really anyone saying, yeah, we better, you know, go do this new type thing and look into that. It's like no really cared. <laughs> yeah, I guess in the end, if you took them out, especially in the um, in the Universal Century stuff, most of it, it would it, it's pretty integral to it. Thinking about it now, especially the big ones like MSG and Zeta. It, it, uh, yeah, it'd definitely be a bad idea. Shars counterattack too, with that whole crap at the end with Axis falling to the earth. So, hell, the fact that uh, Lala haunted them both was a big part of that story. So you wouldn't even have that angle. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I, although that would probably make it a better viewing experience for you, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, but it, it gives them the motivation of still being pissed off at each other. Yeah, that's true. It, it keeps those wounds still fresh. Interesting what-if game. So yeah, thank you, everyone, for the questions, and we'll answer more in the future. And we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Cincinnati. How can you play the game without looking at your cards? With no aim. 
Hey, Abdul, I need a favor. A favor? I'll go along with that. But why aren't you looking at your cards? I'm gonna raise you all of Abdul's soul. What? If Chotaro wants me to bet, and pray for that one lucky day, I will trust him. Hey! I asked you for a call! It's just a game away. I'm raising your 15 chips and all. What? All the green felt shadow. Jotaro has no more chips left. His own queen of hearts will wait. I'll raise you all of God Joint's soul. Jotaro! Alright, so down. Hold on, I'm not finished. She'll wait and wait and a raise I'd like to make. What the? And the cards will be falling. Vagina chips! And chips in the pot pyramid. I'm gonna raise you my mother's soul. Not this holy. If you lose, you have to reveal the secret of Dio's stand. Come on! Are you gonna call or fold? Say it out loud! Right now! Darby! He must have passed out for too much tension. He conceded the game. In his mind, he'd folded the cards. So all the souls he captured are now released, since he has admitted his defeat. Four of a kind. In his hand, yet four kings. Jotaro, those face-down cards of yours, what were they? Ooh. Oh, I thought so. Nothing but garbage. Kid, huh? you just said I thought so. Does that mean you knew what my cards were? Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who would be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But gun Damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 163, where we covered our thoughts on Gundam The Origin, Volume 9. Uh, make sure to pick it up. Uh, it's still on sale through Vertical. You can also grab a copy off of Amazon. Um, it's been a great read so far, and we can't wait to see where it's going to take us next. Um, our second segment, we had an extended... Hey, I bet the Federation wins. <laughs> Spoilers, man! Probably at a place called a Baoku. Oh, Maybe. Man. Man. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. You're psychic, bro. <laughs> I'm a new type. <laughs> there you go. That explains everything. Yes. But uh, in the second segment, we had an extended mailbag. Again, thank you, everybody, who's been submitting questions. And uh, we look forward to answering more in future. Since we, since we went through a lot of questions, now you need to flood Chris with ten times the questions that we went through in this oh episode. Oh, my Christ. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> 
Hey, but uh, thanks for all the questions submitting uh, that you guys have submitted. I much much appreciated. Thanks for all the questions submitted. <laughs> We look forward to answering more. And um, just real quick, I wanted to uh, let you guys know that we're starting up a, uh, a fresh new season of uh, EX versus the Gundam Nation. That's where we come together to play Gundam Extreme versus Full Boost. Um, new DLC just dropped for the game. So um, we're going to be doubling our efforts in order to, uh, to to put on great streams for this. We're working with other uh, streamers to collaborate with them on this. And if you have Gundam Extreme versus Full Boost... Feel free to come on out and join us on every other Saturday on uh, twitch.tv slash fighters ready and hitbox.tv slash shin fighters ready. And uh, we look forward to uh, playing with you guys in that game, man. Um, especially um, since the game just got cut, the price for the game just got cut significantly. If you've been putting off picking it up and you want to try out full boost, you can definitely get it on sale now. It's a whole lot cheaper than it used to be. So uh, hopefully we'll see you guys there. If you don't have the game, feel free to join us. You can join the conversation with us on stream. And um, other than that, uh, I just wanted to also let you guys know that um, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station, if you guys have a minute, go there and hit the follow button. I've been doing uh, reaction videos for a lot of uh, trailers, anime, video game, movie, and TV related. So if you guys want to check that out, feel free to go there. I bet, a lot, I bet the word epic is used a lot. Of I actually, actually haven't used it. Um, the funny thing is, is I'm actually doing a breakdown of my top 20 anime intros for American cartoons of the 1980s. I've done the first two parts. I got two parts to go way to be current hey man no i'm just living in the past as i always do <laughs> so if you guys want to check out what i had to say about that go to youtube.com slash shinjuku station hit that follow button and um hope you guys like what you see man and thanks again if you guys have a moment definitely check out these websites head on over to where the magic happens mahq.net visit there for reviews of many mecha related animes and manga series also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for this episode of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next episode. Hey, Frau Bo. 
You're Amaro's closest neighbor, and it was your responsibility to tell him. Oh? About the evacuation? Of course. He's all alone in there. Well, if military engineers like his dad hadn't moved here in the first place, we wouldn't have to leave yes, now. Yes, we all had to move because of the new research facility. You're not still bitter, are you? Well, not really, but I sort of like where we used to live. Bye, Ito. Yeah, bye. Amaro! Ugh. Amaro, you're a hopeless case. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Time to play Bastard or Not Bastard on this week's show, Mr. Kit Harrington. You might recognize Kit from Game of Thrones, where he plays famous bastard Jon Snow. So first one, Lord Byron. Bastard. Legitimate. So born in wedlock to Captain John Mad Jack Byron and Catherine Gordon. Next one. Confucius. Legitimate. Oh, come on. Leonardo da Vinci. Bastard. Leonardo DiCaprio, then. <laughs> um, That's number four. Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Bastard. Correct. Yes. Out of wedlock, son of wealthy Florentine legal notary and a peasant. Number four, then. Winston Churchill. Bastard or not a bastard? Legitimate. He is legitimate. Yeah. You didn't proud, put any proud. facts there for my You couldn't don't be, need any you facts. Couldn't, you couldn't, I reckon you wouldn't be able to get to be Prime Minister at that time if you weren't. The real deal. Legitimate. Um, founding father of um, America, Alexander Hamilton. Bastard. Got it more. Boom. Fantastic. And final one then. Lawrence of Arabia. Bastard or not a bastard. Well, he was, he was gentry, wasn't he? He was a, a high-born, kind of, at that time, high-born, I'm turning into Game yeah, of Thrones world. Nothing, yeah. Technically, so are you, and so is Jon Snow, though. I'm going I'm to gamble and say you finish with a bastard, so bastard. He was a bastard. Yes. He was the illegit- illegitimate son of a knight and his children's nanny. So I think you got four out of six. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. That's not bad. Yeah. I know my bastards. Excellent. There you go. <laughs> Join us next week for another edition of Bastard or Not Bastard.